Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Hey, you've tuned in to I Work For Him, the mouthpiece for the faith and work movement. We're your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Thanks for being with us today. Listeners, we think of you as more than just listeners, but as actual friends and people that walk through the day with us. And I just want to remind you that if you are listening to this show today and you would rather be watching it, remember we do have a YouTube channel and we actually have a YouTube channel for I Work For Him, She Works For Him, and I Retire For Him, all three of our brands, Jim. So, um, you know, we it's just another way to be face-to-face with you when we can't be face-to-face with you. So check us out on YouTube and subscribe. That's right. So have you ever had trouble in your own life with time management? <laughs> I'd never have. But some people struggle with this stuff. With overcommitting, feeling like you're juggling just a few too many balls in the air. What do you do? Where do you turn? How do you wind things back? How do you get things back under control? Can you do it alone? Ha, not likely. Today we head off to Chicago to talk with Mark Machuda of Machuda Diversified Holdings. Mark's life was a mess of overcommitment, and he was in danger of dropping all of the balls he was juggling, not just one. How did he recover? Did he go to a three-step, 12-step plan? How did he turn his life around? Was it Jesus? Mark is here to tell us the whole story of his life turned right side up. Mark Machuda, welcome to I Work For Him. Well, thank you, Jim and Martha, for having me. I'm excited about sharing my story. If nothing else, if my story can help other people regain focus, regain priorities, uh, then it's a win. So thank you again. So, Mark, we're going to talk about your faith and your work and how those interact, and we're going to talk about your, your organization. But first, talk to us about how you became a Jesus follower. I would say that my, my faith journey, if you would, has been filled with a lot of uh, detours and uh, I would say crossroad moments. And I would say that it started early. I grew up in the Catholic faith and uh, really believe that uh, that was... I was a good Catholic. I did all the right things. I I crossed off the list, went to church every Sunday, never missed the holidays, right? So I was doing all that. Then my wife and I got married. Uh, We both uh, got married in the Catholic church, uh, and she basically converted Catholicism, and things were fine for a while. And then it was my wife who said, I feel like I'm spiritually dying. And that is a very let's say stop your heart moment. And I didn't understand what she was getting at, but I said, well, what is driving that? She said, I don't feel like I'm growing. I don't understand what I'm doing. And I'm not saying the Catholic faith is wrong, but I'm not being fed and I need to find something else, but I can't do that unless we're doing it together. Mm -hmm. So she never said, I'm turning my back on what you're doing. But she just said, would you give me one year to just explore a faith journey together as a couple? So that's what we did. And then we came to a church that was non-denominational, Christian-based Bible teaching. And I saw a lot of things there that at first, I'll be very honest, uh, made me angry because I was like, this doesn't fit anything that I grew up with. Uh, It seems two out there, meaning the music was contemporary. I I viewed that as being, gosh, they're not even 
is so sacrilegious what they're doing, hands in the air, what's that, you know? And, and eventually that year was a year of God breaking me down from following tradition and realizing that I was going to come into a relationship with him at the other end. It was not easy, but I will say in the end, I found a relationship with Jesus Christ and felt that following him was an act of obedience. And one of the first steps that I remember that was I was clinging on to, as I clung on to this idea that I was baptized as a child and to be baptized as an adult made no sense. And then that was that final moment where God just pounded me and said, you need to do this for you as an adult and for me. This is about us now. This isn't what someone chose for you as a child. Mm -hmm. You need to do this and you need to express that obedience to me by doing a baptism. So I did. And that became the catalyst for what came next. It really was powerful for me to see what God moved. And it took time. When I say a journey, this wasn't like the light switch went on. All of a sudden, I'm this on fire for Christ. Uh, I'm doing everything right. But my compass true north was always relationship driven and no longer following dogma or religion, right? It was no longer about that. Mm. And from there, I would say the next turning point was when we joined a small group. Mm. I looked at them like they had three heads. What is this? <laughs> I don't understand this. We're going to read the Bible together. I don't get it. But I just said, okay, I'm in. I'm just going to do it. And then from there, I joined the worship team. I sing on the worship team, been involved with that. We ended up moving to a new church, Parkview Christian Church, kind of a mega church in the South Burbs. Uh, from there, I was like, okay, now I'm going all in. I'm not waiting anymore. If God says this is an opportunity I have for you to use your spiritual gifts, then you have to do this. So I was just saying, I'm in. And we ended up hosting and leading a small group right after that. We've been doing it for 18 years. Uh, I'm proud to say that we did it through the pandemic, uh, hosted small group remotely with 20 people. Wow. And they were from all over. We had people from Colorado, people from Nashville. We had elderly people that couldn't drive anymore join. So we really found an incredible God story that unfolded within this craziness of the pandemic. Things that would have never happened, happened. So I look at these moments when you say, okay, Jesus follower. I, you don't have it figured out and just say, I'm a follower. I think it's a constant process. Uh, I recognize there's an enemy that does not enjoy the fact that I'm moving a needle for the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And that presents challenges, but you just got to put on the armor of God. You fight the good fight. Uh, you just got to be united and realizing that, look, God's going to usher us to the other side, no matter what happens. And being a follower is a lot of fun. It sure is a lot of fun yeah, when lot. you're in the kingdom, kingdom work. So yeah, a lot of challenges there, yeah. too, for sure. A lot of challenges there, too. Yeah. Hey, we'll be right back with more from Mark Machuda. You're listening to I Work Room with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We'll be right back. 
As a busy leader, you've realized you can't do everything on your own. You need help living out your God-given purpose. And thankfully, Belay, an organization dedicated to revolutionizing productivity with their virtual assistant, bookkeeping, and social media strategist services, they can help. If you're wondering what you can delegate to make your life easier to live out your calling, look no further. Belay is offering a free download of three actionable delegation resources. 30 things to delegate to a virtual assistant, 10 things to delegate to a bookkeeper, and 20 things to delegate to a social media strategist. Also, you can get back to what really matters, fulfilling your purpose. To learn more, just text for him to 55123 today. Again, that's the number for him to 55123. Hey, welcome back to I Work From Us. Today we talk with Mark Machuda. Mark's got a great story. If you just are tuning in now, you've you you might have missed his incredible testimony. So I want you to go back to the beginning of the podcast and listen to the whole thing. So, Mark, one of the you know you shared how God really intersected your life in your marriage with you and your wife. At what point in your journey did you start to realize that God really cared about your work just as much as that of the work of the priest that you'd had in your past or the pastor that you were um, studying under currently? You know, I think that the recognition of God at work in my business, if you would, um, really came out of a small group study, if you want to believe that. So there was a uh, an author of a small group study, Henry Blackaby, uh, knowing and doing the will of God, experiencing God, right? Yeah, sure. And and one of the profound things was that he said that God is at work around you at all times. So when I started to realize that he's always at work, I realized that I needed to be more intentional to find out where was he at work and where did his purpose for my gifts intersect with what he wanted me to do. So I think it was more of a self-awareness to realize that God is going to do his will and his work with or without me. So the joy I get in the experience is where I realize he's at work and wants me to join him. And I started to realize that this took place in many areas of my life. It was not just my home, not just my kids, my wife. It became friendships. It became the business and really being tuned in at all times to realize he's at work and where does he want me to have this ministry opportunity or just conversations. It may not be just about me. I may just be starting the conversation and it'll be somebody else that brings that person to Christ. But I do know if the Holy Spirit is in me, that he'll guide those thoughts, guide those words, And it's just an awareness that he's at work around me and he's working in and through me. So let's talk about your work. What kind of work does Machuda uh, Construction do? So you started us out by talking about messiness. And let me just say that things have become very complicated and messy in the last 10 years. I am actually fourth generation of a family business called Machuda Construction that was founded in 1919. So we did a lot of wonderful things in that space. Uh, I had a lot of mentoring from my call it predecessors. Uh, Some are great experiences. Some of them were negative, but you learn from those Mm -hmm. too. But my brother and I, who are partners in Machuda Construction, started to realize that for the next generation, 
that may come behind us, there's not always a lot of opportunities if you're not in construction. So could we look at things differently and look at our business more from an entrepreneurial perspective? So what we ended up doing is we kind of changed our business model a little bit. We used to be 100% public sector. Uh, we shifted to being more of a healthcare uh, client relationship, repeat business type of contractor. That fit well. We then looked at ourselves to look into developing. Uh, in 2016, we opened a development that we are owners with a partner called Evergreen Senior Living in Orland Park. It's an assisted living facility as well as a memory care facility. So now instead of just being a contractor to build things and we move on to the next crusade, we are actually investing in something that is building uh, legacy stuff. So it, it, that became much more exciting. And we are looking at development as the next ex mm. extension of what we do. Well, that's awesome. That is a, you're going to have to find you're going to have to find a development down here in Florida so you can winter in Florida and call it work. <laughs> because we know the winters in Chicago. We both grew up in Minnesota. Martha grew up in the Quad Cities, uh, so we all know what the Upper Midwest is like. But there's nothing like the cold in a Chicago winter, mm. except oh, for maybe yeah. what's worse is maybe Boston. But anyway, Martha. So, so Mark, in this world where you've ha you've seen a lot of shifting and you you've done a lot of things to refine what you guys are doing. What do you find as being your biggest stressor in your work life? You know, it's interesting because uh, we started two years ago with uh, Loyola Family Business to really start the transition of our business. And through that, we identified our five family core values. Mm. Uh, at the top of it, we call it the five Fs, but uh, faith, was one of the most important ingredients. And I think what we started to realize is to avoid stressors, one of the things that happens with a family business is you're equally involved in the business of being a family. And when you get around other families, you realize how dysfunctional things can become. And I would say the one fundamental thing that we learned is that to avoid stressors, you need to be able to find ways to mitigate conflict. Mm. Conflict resolution is key. And what we learned is that is if our family understands that nothing will break this family apart and that we will run towards reconciliation first and foremost, the stress is so much less than dealing with dysfunctional families and dysfunctional businesses. They intersect. So that to me is... Number one is conflict <laughs> resolution. Number two is managing the craziness of my schedule. And we'll get to that answer later. Yeah, but, I mean, but talk, let's jump into that because I want yeah. to make sure we really get a chance to deal with it before we're running out of time. Talk to time management. That's something that almost everybody struggles with because there's only 24 hours in a day. There's only 168 hours in the work week. I mean, it's, or no, there's only 168 hours say, in the whole. <laughs> 168 work. Work hours. Wow. That's in your work week. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, there's only yeah. 168 hours in a week. How did you get your time management under control? So as the faith piece weaves, God figured that one out too. So I was literally at a board leadership event for our church in Atlanta. And I'm around a table with other board leaders. I was the co-chair of our board. And I'm talking to these gentlemen and ladies and the next thing I know, they're like, oh, 
you know, we should get together. Uh, who is your executive assistant? And I said, well, I don't have one. And they all looked at me and said, are you out of your mind? With That's- all the things you're trying to manage, you cannot be serious. Mm. I said, well, you know, I've always just been really good at time management, which I am. But I also was Wait, trying to make That's what you tickets. think. What would your wife say? <laughs> no. The answer is no. We could You're call over- her, bring her into the show if you'd like. Yeah, and let's leave that one at home. <laughs> but I, I would definitely say I, I tend to overcommit mm. because I just feel like I can do anything, but that's not sustainable. So the stressor is where you just overcommit. And when we come back, we're going to hear... What did Mark Machuda do to eliminate the stressor and start start to succeed it as an executive, not doing all the work of him and an administrative assistant? What did he do to solve the problem? You're listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We'll be right back. Want to build a profitable side hustle that impacts people with truth and healing in themselves and their leadership? Then look at becoming a certified leadership coach with Giant. Giant has been in the leadership space for over 13 years and has over 500 coaches in over 127 countries. Their coaches are being hired by Fortune 500 companies and organizations like I Work For Him. Jim and I took the Giant Sherpa training under one of these great coaches to become leaders worth following. Giant gives you everything you need to start your own coaching business from scratch, like hands-on training from top-level coaches, access to an all-in-one online platform to run your entire coaching business, and you get to join a thriving community of coaches around the world. To get started, Giant is hosting a coaching business workshop to help you learn how to build a successful coaching business. This workshop is 100% free, and you can reserve your spot by going to giant.tv forward slash I work for him. If you're ready to impact people and get paid to do it, go to giant.tv forward slash I work for him. That's giant.tv forward slash I work for him. Hey, welcome back to I Work For Him as we talk today with Mark Machuda. We're right in the middle of the conversation when we took a break. Of Mark all of a sudden realized he had a time management problem, even though he'd been living in the world where he thought he didn't have a time management problem. Martha? So actually, Mark, you were sharing that somebody asked you the question, like, well, let me get together with your executive assistant, and you said you didn't have one. Now... To answer what happened next, I am sure there's a lot of details that were involved in that. But ultimately, Mark, how how has your life answered that question? What has happened since you were asked that question? Uh, the answer to that, so let's just say the solution to my issue, let's call it an issue, yes. not a problem. There you my go. challenge was that I didn't know I had a problem. But once somebody said, you need to consider another solution. And I said, what is it? And they said, have you ever worked with Belay Solutions? I said, I've never heard of them. They said, well, they have this very unique process where they can actually help you get some management back in your life where you can delegate the things that you shouldn't be touching and do high powered work with your schedule. And I said, you got my attention. Where do I go from here? And he said, here's a contact, reach out to them. They'll walk you through a process. They'll get an understanding of how you're wired and try and match you up with someone that can help solve your problems. And that became the turning point of getting my chaos under control and really starting to do 
highly more efficient, powerful things that I love doing and delegating all the things I cannot stand doing. I am not high D. So I need someone that's really high D to cover my backside. And I mm-hmm. have that now. Well, I, mean, I think it's fantastic. We, you know, we love Belay. We've been referring people to Belay for years. We've had Lisa Zeveld, one of the the CEO on the show before. We, we, we talked about that. In fact, in the last couple of months, we've referred a couple of business owners to Belay and even somebody to get a job there. We, we love Belay. Talk to us about Belay and who they hooked you up with. Who did they connect you with to help you know, bring order to your life? So they connected me to a very talented lady. Her name is Yasi. And her personality profile is a perfect fit for me. Perfect fit. She covers all the things I'm not. But more importantly, what they connected me with is someone that was a Christ-centered believer. She understands my faith journey. I understand her faith journey. So foundationally, I trusted her immediately. So the onboarding of her with me started more about relationship and then task. But the relationship to have that trust built early where we can literally pray together, we can share things that are never shared sometimes with other people. She's become a dear friend and a companion for me, she is my MVP. Flat out, what she does for me mm. increases the value of what I do so much so that I would tell anyone that's not with an executive assistant right now, take the plunge, just do it. I can tell you that my return on that investment is tenfold, period. And my sanity is a thousandfold better. Mm. And the joy of what I do every single day is so much more fulfilling because I'm doing the things I love to do. In fact, your wife called right before the show and said it was your third best decision in life. Your best decision following Jesus, your second best decision, <laughs> marrying her, and your third best decision, getting Yasi in your life from Belay Solutions at BelaySolutions.com. <laughs> Absolutely phenomenal. Mark, we've covered a ton of territory in the last few minutes. Your daily job at Machuda Construction, which you are playing in the development and construction and healthcare and now running assisted living communities and, and senior communities, that's what we like to say. Uh, how, how do you see your work as a ministry? How do you see your faith playing out on your day-to-day? That's what I want to close up with today. It's interesting, and I'll tell a story behind that one, and I'll try to make it brief. But my work intersected with God's work at our church where our church has been looking to expand things. And I helped seek out different satellite campuses, properties. Uh, I looked at existing churches that were looking to sell their facilities. And I got involved using my skills as a builder developer for kingdom building and developing. And through that process over the last eight years, our church has grown from a campus of 1,500 to 10,000. And we now have a, what I call a, a live stream church or online church that is growing unbelievably during the pandemic. So I look at my ministry right now as it's not one thing. It's not work, it's not church, it's not personal. It's all intertwined. And God finds a way of filtering all that out to make sense of it 
And a lot of times I really don't know where it's going, but I just trust it. And I think that's where the faith journey comes in. And the maturity of faith is I don't need to know the punchline, but I know I'm moving in the right direction. I know God's in it. He'll reveal it at his right time. And eventually he reveals the punchline. And it has been a joy to do his work. Uh, when I say life is gratifying, that is the most gratifying thing. If we can re- reach one lost soul for the kingdom, it, it's worth everything. Sure it is. And I know you're doing that 100 so. mm. You know, I, we have covered a lot of ground, and it has been so great to hear how God has used you and grown you, and you continue to uh, learn things along the way, Mark. Is there a resource or an organization that helps you in your faith walk, especially as it relates to your work, um, but just that you can let other people know about that maybe can be an encouragement to them as well? I would say, you know, first and foremost, my church, mm-hmm. uh, being in a church that is on fire for God is, is the first step. If your faith and your relationship with God are not a priority, everything else is going to be out of whack. Uh, the minute you start realizing God is first and foremost in everything, everything else falls into place. So I would encourage people to be involved with the church. Use your gifts in a way that supports your church. Get involved in a small group. Have accountability faith partners in your small group. Get involved with ministry that you enjoy doing. For me, it's worship team. I love doing it. For me, it's being involved on our board because I love leadership. So I'm using God's gifts that he's imparted in me in a way that impacts his kingdom. And that's what I would encourage people to do is seek out accountability partners, seek out places where you can serve, Mm -hmm. do those things and God will lead the rest of the way. Wow, Mark, there's so much more I'd like to cover. Like this last question, and you got to give me 30 seconds or less. What is some advice you'd like to offer your younger you? My younger me, if I would have known that a relationship with Jesus Christ was this good, I would have cut, it didn't happen until I was 35 that I found it. And I look back and say, well, I'm making up for lost time, but I wish the younger me at 16, 17 could have harnessed that early and and would have had the fruits of that harvest being there already. But I would say that, you know, my encouragement to others is even if you're 65 and just coming into it, God will still bless that too. So I can't look back. I wish that younger me could have known that earlier, but I don't want to discourage somebody to say, well, gosh, I'm 65. What's the point? Mm -hmm. Don't worry. God will superpower those last years of your life. He will. That's right. Mark Machuda, thanks so much for being on iWorkFrame today. Thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for sharing about your belay story. We're so excited about that. And, And thank you for just being an example out there of people just following Jesus. We love it. Thank you, Mark. Thank you both. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I work for him. Did you know that God has a calling on your life? It's true. He's called you to bring Jesus to the world. For some, that may look like a pulpit or a foreign mission field. But for most of us, it looks like a construction site, a cubicle, a hospital, or a classroom. Wherever it is that you work, live, volunteer, and invest, that is your mission field. To learn more about integrating your faith into your work and retirement, check out our books, I Work For Him, She Works For Him, and I Retire For Him. 
by going to iworkforhim.com slash bookstore. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online, iworkforhim.com. I work the number four, him.com.